a back and forth about YouTube. And in the heat of it, he was basically like, YouTube will never amount to anything. And he just walked off. And I was like, I'm either going to make it on YouTube or die trying. Like, there's no in between. Mm. To hear that from him was just like kind of one of those like breaking points for me. This is the Still Frame Podcast. Welcome to episode one of the Still Frame Podcast. I'll keep the intro brief because I hate long podcast intros. My name is Cameron Clayton. I create narrative-driven stories on YouTube about my life using filmmaking and animation, and I'm alongside with Noah Crugston. Hey, I'm Noah Crugston. I do animation and 3D stuff, uh, and I also make YouTube videos. Yeah, so this podcast is about our lives as young YouTube content creators. We're two dudes, we like having a good time, and mm. we're both single at the moment, so if there's any hot girls listening, please email us and we'll get back to you in 34 business days. Well, okay, that's not <laughs> that's not true for all of us here in this voice call. But Cameron has his own thing going on, I have my own thing going on. Uh, oh. well, you forgot about the three girls that uh, I have. Oh, my yeah, bad, yeah. my bad. Yeah, uh, we'll anyways. Uh, yeah, so we have a couple uh, topics we want to talk about here uh, relating to uh, you know, creation, revenue, making a lot of money. You know what I mean? Yes, you know what I mean? Just being a big bulky man balling. and uh, you know how it is. balling and maybe even talking about some uh, unrelated creator stuff, like how bulky and big and strong both of our muscles are. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So why don't we dive into the first, the first topic we have written down here? Yeah, bro, let's get into it. So, I mean, yeah, to get the ball rolling, I was thinking we could both talk about where we're at in our YouTube journey because you're definitely more established than I am, but I would say we're both on like the come up as far as making this a career, making a name for ourselves. Yee. So I guess, what does that look like for us? Let's paint a picture. Wait, dude, can we actually, oh, I want to talk about uh, when you started uh, YouTube in general, because I, I know when I started it, I don't think I know the, the full beginning of, of where you're coming from. Um, yeah. I know that you did Let's Plays. <laughs> Uh-huh. A while ago. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of those still. I, sometimes I have, I have them downloaded on my computer and I'll just watch them yeah. for hours. Yeah, they're great. I'll, no, I, I every single one downloaded. I watch them uh, usually on weekends, but sometimes I'll start my mm-hmm. morning by watching a, a classic Cameron video. So where'd that start for you? Yeah, that's a, that's a good idea, actually. So um, I've been making YouTube videos for like pretty much my entire life. Like it's hard. It's actually hard to think of a time where I wasn't like making YouTube videos. I think I started at around the age like 10 or 11 and I was making like really shitty Minecraft pocket edition videos on an mm. iPod touch <laughs> and it was, they were so laggy. They were just awful. Uh, my voice was so high pitched. I sounded like a girl, um, but I had so much fun doing it and I would pretty much make videos like on a daily basis and um yeah, it was really fun. I fell in love with it, fell in love with making videos, even though I wasn't getting like any views. Um, I loved, you know, meeting new people, uh, connecting with other YouTubers. Um, through, through Minecraft? Yeah, through Minecraft, literally, bro. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm not even joking. Yeah, I was kind of networking with my Minecraft was, pocket edition I was a YouTubers. Good, good at social networking <laughs> when I was 11, dude. Like, yeah, I was, was, was kind of in, in the loop of Minecraft YouTubers. <laughs> I kind of knew the audience, the whole demographic. It really did feel like that, though, in my mind. Like, <laughs> <laughs> even though, even though, like, um, a few times we had to stop recording because my friends had to go to bed because their parents made them <laughs> go to bed, it still Wait, felt like. You? How old are you when you started? Like all 11, that? you know. <laughs> like, oh, shoot. Yeah. 
Wow. So, but it felt like I felt like a professional YouTuber. Like I took it so seriously. Like, <laughs> like no one of Minecraft recording. No one got it. Like no one yeah. understood stood what I what I was doing. Like I was taking YouTube seriously. I thought I was gonna be like a famous Minecraft Pocket Edition YouTuber. Um. So yeah, I mean from there. I just kept making videos. Uh, I went in and out of different phases of making videos. Um, and I eventually, around the age of like 13 or 14, mm. I eventually found storytime animation on YouTube. And um, I think I talked about this in my I Want to Be a YouTuber video. So watch that if you want to hear well, about that. Well, spoiler warning if you haven't seen that video yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So did some storytime animation uh, for what, like the past four or five years, something like that. Um, Jeez. And taught myself a ton of different things from like 3D modeling to sound design, voice mm. acting, um, scripts. I got better at telling stories. Um, and I, I think storytime animation just really helps me learn a lot of different areas of um, video creation. And now uh, here we are today, I'm doing more filmmaking and cinematic types of videos. Um, but that's my origin story. That's your that's your Batman coming up yeah. story. Uh, wait, hold on. So now I'm actually kind of curious a little bit, a little bit more now. So surprising, this is probably like one of the eras that we've per like one on one talked about the least. Uh, what did your what did your parents think? Did they know? <laughs> yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so uh, it's hard to think. Um, so I think when I initially started my YouTube channel, I wasn't even allowed on YouTube. Like my parents had no idea I was on YouTube. Um, let alone making videos Wait, around like 11. Yeah, around 11 12. I think I think she found out about my videos when I was like 12 or something like that oh. and So she uh, it's a funny story actually so she called me into her room and then she sat me down and she was like <laughs> So I found out about your little YouTube channel <laughs> and um, and <laughs> so we found the magazines underneath your bed. Uh, yeah, found, yeah. It, bro, it felt like this serious in interrogation, and um, <laughs> she was she was confronting me about it. And then she found a a comment, or yeah, someone left a comment on one of my videos, and yeah, it was basically yeah, yeah. a hate comment. And <laughs> it was a hate comment saying like, "Oh, this video sucked" or something. I can't remember. But I basically replied to that comment, and I said. Oh, I'm so sorry you thought this video sucked. Um, is there any like constructive criticism or helpful feedback? I really appreciate like you know any you know just something like I don't know. I, I was trying to yeah, be you're, nice. You're trying to you keep know, keep peace not, in the comments section between yeah, the haters. Yeah, like keep some peace, not like be hateful back. Just like you know. And yeah. she basically saw that comment and she was like, um, "This was actually uh, like a, a a really good thing you did. Like this is a, a really good way to handle like oh wow hate feedback." And then she was like. So just because of that, I'll let you continue to do YouTube. Oh, wow. Whoa. Dude, that's kind of nuts. Yeah. So she's like, yo, here's, here's like this awful comment someone left on like a literal 12-year-old's video. Yeah. And like as a 12-year-old, you handled it better than the original person who's probably older. Like probably right. a couple years. That's, that's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah. Man. So they were like chill with you doing it after that though? Yeah, pretty much. Well, I mean, to an extent. Um, as I, as I've gotten older, like around 16 to 17, uh, there have been, you know, a lot of disagreements, I guess, um, me and my parents don't really see eye to eye in certain, in some ways, 
Yeah. Um, because they, they've noticed, you know, I've been taking YouTube way more seriously. Like a lot of people think, I think they initially thought YouTube was just like a little fun side hobby for me, but, um, no, like I'm you just never stopped. Like, I'm literally obsessed with YouTube, dude. Like mm. it, it's, there's not a single thing that I would rather do than YouTube. And they don't understand that. They don't really understand YouTube. They're like, yeah. You're, you're like really talented like you can do great animation why don't you like go to like an animation school or film school or something like that and like you know use that for something actually cool um mm. but i i'm so passionate about youtube there's like nothing i would rather do than pursue youtube um so there have definitely been some some disagreements about that uh over the past few years but overall i mean i think they are mostly supportive of it but you know the bigger i get the more i grow on youtube i think the more they'll come to realize like oh this is actually a a real path you can go down so yeah yeah no i definitely uh, yeah i get that because it's like you know on one hand you're you're definitely learning stuff from it and you're you're pursuing something actively but there's not really a there's not a huge tangible outcome from it yet yeah and if i was raising a kid and i was like i want them to do as well as possible and I really understand something like that, then it's like, yeah, well, I don't want them to be pouring all their time into something that's not yeah. like paying back yet. Like that seems irresponsible. So I, yeah, I feel like there's definitely a layer of a, like I get, I get that side to it, but I also get, it's like, you want to make it work. You want to make something yeah. happen. Um, yeah. Okay. So like that's, that, that makes sense. That's pretty reasonable, right? Your, your, your mom's like, yo, okay, cool. You handle this really well. Keep on making videos like Pratty. It's awesome. Now to contrast that, let's check out my uh my Batman superhero. Yeah, what's your origin. what's your origin story? <laughs> yeah, well, okay, so I was never allowed to be on the internet. Like, I was maybe allowed to go uh like once every week or month, um, right. and it'd have to be under like constant uh, parental supervision, right? So like mm -hmm. up until the age of uh let's say eleven or twelve, I'd always have my dad over my shoulder. You know, while I was on PBS.com playing the new Word Girl game or whatever, <laughs> yeah, or uh, or playing the the Super Pretzel Sonic Flash game, just stuff like that, right? I always had have some kind of supervision there because that's just how they they perceive they perceive the internet as a pretty bad place overall, like terrible. You know, like yeah. if you're on the internet and you're below the age of uh, twenty, there's gonna be like or, or eighteen or whatever, there's gonna be someone with like a a, a tracker on you that's like hunting you down to get your information so they can do bad things to you like that that was their perception of all things online because my parents did not grow up in that era at all so yeah immediately internet is associated with pedophiles and people that are gonna hunt you down and kill you yeah and like to me i was like well hold on like I, i'm just trying to go on youtube.com and watch like the, the latest funny like skit you know from from classic youtuber ray william johnson something like that right <laughs> yeah um, I actually didn't grow up on Ray William Johnson. I don't know why I gave that example, but um, uh, I don't know what I was even watching back then. Probably like uh, it sounds generic. Probably animal videos, TF2 SFMs. I think was a big thing. Watched TF2 SFMs all the time, like animations, um, yeah. which was kind of a driving force later on in life. I'll get to that. Um, but like you know, when I was on the internet and I gained sentience at the age of twelve. <laughs> um, and I felt a little bit devious. I went on, uh, you know, YouTube.com, and I'm like, "What would happen if I were to make a YouTube account and my parents didn't know?" 
because <laughs> the entire they would never let me make uh, an account on anything that would be online. Like they never would ever imagine me doing that. Like I downloaded a game called Wolf Quest back in like I don't know, two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. It was, it was called Wolf Quest. It was a furry game. And I was play, playing that with some like IRL friends and they found it downloaded and they're like, what are you like? I was sleeping in my bed next to my brother. Right. We had our, our beds across the room and they pff, door bursts open. Beams of light <laughs> burst in from the hallway. Like, what is this on my computer? Um, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just sleeping, dude. Like, what is this? What is this? What is this wolf character? I'm like, yeah, it's uh. I don't know. It's a, it's a game. It's like my 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 friend told me to download this game and then like play it. They're like, don't download things to the computer. You're gonna get you're gonna get a virus on it, and then people are gonna be able to track you, and they're gonna they're like gonna kill you. Something to that effect. I'm like, oh well, yeah. okay. I guess I won't play the Wolf Quest game anymore. Um, and like that that's kind of their perception on the internet. So I was feeling a little bit devious, and I made a YouTube account. The ripe age of like maybe twelve or thirteen, twelve. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it must have been 12 because um, it was like early 2015, 14. And uh, I was like, all right, well, I don't have any marketable abilities yet, but I was I am really into piano. So I went on. I, I set up my uh, I set up a Sony uh, Handycam on top of my my mom's keyboard. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I like Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm going to play Sonic the Hedgehog on my keyboard, record it. Upload it to YouTube. All smooth. Really proud of it. I made like five different versions and I uploaded them all. Like every wow. single day I'd make a better version or like just iterate on the previous version of the song and I'd upload it to YouTube. And some of them got started to get some views and some comments and like they're they're really positive and like really nice. Uh, and eventually one of them hit like somewhere of like a hundred views on YouTube. And I was like, whoa, like this is cool. Like this is awesome. Okay. I'm I'm really into this. This is dope. So then a couple like a year goes by and I'm I make a new channel. I'm like, all right, well that, that worked out pretty well. So why don't I make a I'm gonna make a let's play channel. You know, everyone likes let's plays. Everyone watches uh video games like that. Again, not my parents had no clue this was going on, so I made I made a let's play channel. I recorded gameplays at first. I was like, all right, this is pretty fun, no commentary, nothing like that. Um eventually I was like, you know what? I'm going to add my face and voice into there. So I turn on a webcam. I start recording whenever my parents weren't home. I'm like, this is, this is awesome. Like, this is a really fun. They started to get some views. Um, and uh, I, I was just like hooked. I don't know. Like, it was just fun. It, it was, it was probably something I did or thought about every single day. Um, and I, I only say that because it never stopped. Like all the way back in 2000, I say all the way back, 2015 wasn't that long ago. Like it was six years now, it I guess. It feels like so long ago though. It feels like so long ago, but the number doesn't look that long ago. And when you say it, it feels long ago. It's like well, six when years. you develop as a child to like an adult, like, you know, that's a I, lot of, you know. Really weird. Everything changes. It, yeah. Yeah. Time dilation and science nerd shit, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, it never stopped. Like 2015, boom, making Let's Plays. 2016, boom, making Let's Plays. Um, and eventually in there, my, my parents found out uh, because they, they must have heard me recording upstairs. I didn't know they were home or uh, one of my friends must have leaked it by accident to my parents. Like, because they were all involved with it. And I recorded Black videos milk. with my friends sometimes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I got Jeff Bezos nuded. Um, oh, man. Uh, and I was like, you know, they found out 
and they're like, Noah, you can't do this. Like, you can't make videos online. It's dangerous. I'm like, yeah, but like, oh, they, they can't, they can't do that, man. They, they, it's not going to happen. Like, I knew how the internet, YouTube worked. You can't track someone's, like, IP address on YouTube unless there's some data leak. You can't track. Oh, uh, like, my parents thought that, exactly too. They, they thought, yeah, yeah, they thought you could do that, too. No, exactly. So, like, they're, like, they're <laughs> paranoid about this. And, like, if I had a kid, I, I get it. But, like, they weren't, they weren't, like, looking into it. They weren't putting in the time to figure out where I was coming from. And it always really frustrated me at the time. Um, yeah. They got better as, at it as parents and they were really understanding in other areas, but this just didn't click for them. Like they just didn't get it at all. I'm like, Oh, you know, I was a stupid, I was a stupid kid, but like I knew that worked. Um, and like I, all my friends too, eventually started turning like against me on it. They're like Noah, <laughs> like if you keep on uploading to like YouTube, like they're going to be able to find where you live and they're going to kill you. And I remember sitting down at um, <laughs> I remember sitting down like at, at some playset with one of my friends at the time. You know, we're we're waiting for a um, uh, we're waiting for a, a softball game to finish up that some of our our some people we knew were involved with. Um, sure. And at the time, I was like, I don't know. I grew up in a religious household. I grew up in a re- mm-hmm. you know whatever. Um, and I was I was pretty invested in it at the time, and my friend was too. So he's like, Noah, like I don't think you should be making YouTube videos. I'm like, why? It's like, well, well, people are gonna find you and they're gonna kill you. I'm like, well, hold on. If if <laughs> if they do that, won't I just go to heaven? And they're like, <laughs> that that's a good point. But this stop. That's I'm a like, really no, good counter argument. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's actually a good one. But like, I was like, I didn't care. I was like, I just want to keep on making videos. It's fun, dude. It's not like yeah. this. It's nothing more than just fun. So I kept on doing it, and um. You know, there, there's like moments where it's like fine, but then there'd be moments where I'd be so invested in YouTube. It would take up like I, I would like sneak onto my because I finally bought a computer for myself from working like uh, at a, uh, a blueberry field nearby for like below minimum wage. I scrounged up enough money, bought my own computer, had it in my room and uh, I would sneak using it to like even though I bought it for with my own mon- money, like I still had to ask to use it just because the household I grew up in. And so yeah. I, uh, I would sneak on using it to edit and record YouTube videos. Um, eventually, it, it must have leaked into my personal life a little bit. Like I must have slacked on uh, either helping out with the household or like school or something at the time. Because I remember my mom saying, Noah, like you can't spend all of your all of your time forgetting about school and your home and like helping out around the house for something that's never going to turn into a job mm. like this the, you're oh no no well it was it was that but it was also like it's never gonna turn into a job like you can't keep on investing time into this stupid youtube channel yeah. <laughs> like, Yo! so i i immediately like ran upstairs and i just like sobbed like i was like just sobbing because i invested like i don't know like three years at that point two years into like making youtube videos and getting better and better at recording and editing yeah. and like just to have none of the support from your parents um yeah it just sucked um and i'm i think looking back it wasn't it wasn't as as dramatic as my head might be making it out to be like my parents did care about what i was interested in like they wanted me to pursue that stuff but like they just didn't get it at the time dude that's crazy i didn't hear this story before yeah no this is I've never told this anywhere before. Crazy. This is an exclusive. Yeah. But they're like, yeah, you can't keep on spending your time on like your stupid YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. I had something so similar. 
Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, no, and and so that was like kind of my moment where I'm like, oh, well, uh, I guess I'm in this for myself. Like, yeah. I guess I just have to make like figure out something. Like, if I want to keep on doing this, I gotta figure something out. Um, keep in mind, I'm like 13 or 14. It's not that cool. It's pretty lame, honestly. Back then, it was really cool, but like, yeah, like whatever. It's it's not this dramatic story. It just it just sucked. Um, and so then I made this channel, new channel. Uh, it was called Aroa at first. Um, and I wanted to do story time stuff because I I saw it from a lot of like people I looked up to. You know, like I guess James is on there now. I can't really say. You know, I, I work for the guy now, so I mean, it's a little bit di- no. Like I really looked up to him, um, and I yeah. still do as a as an employer. Um, I you know I look up to him, and uh, I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to do stuff like that, and I wanted to do stuff like some other like people in the community that were really small at the time. Um, I think I mentioned this somewhere else, but like Jack Academia uh, is a YouTuber that that did like uh, story time animations. I think they do like streaming now. But um, yeah, Jack was a big inspiration on that. And I, I made a channel. I'm like, yeah, cool. Uh, Aeroa sounds like Noah and the word air. That's pretty cool. Uh, let's make that <laughs> channel. And the rest is all cataloged on my YouTube channel. Everything that's yeah. happened from then to now. Um, I realize I've been, I've been going on about, about, you know, my, my backstory for a while here. But that's kind of well, we like. got to hear it. Yeah, that's the, that's the whole thing. And that's a pretty reasonably condensed version. But it gets all the key details in there. Well, yeah, a couple things actually. There, there's a few things I want to bring up. Um, yeah, you mentioned your, your, you know, your character arc when uh, <laughs> your parents were like, <laughs> "Yo, this YouTube thing isn't a job or whatever," and you went yeah. to your room and sobbed. Something so similar happened to me. Sob like a little I, baby, like a little yeah, idiot baby, like, little like baby. cried in your sheets, like yeah. a miserable little scoundrel. Yeah, I mean, I, I told you. <laughs> Uh, when this happened, actually, we got on a call like immediately after, but something mm. so similar happened to me uh, a couple of years ago. I think I was 16, 17. So what, like a year ago? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So me and my stepdad were having a, a back and forth about YouTube. And um, in the heat of it, he was basically like, and I quote, YouTube will never amount to anything. And he just walked off. And uh, I was oh, really... Yeah. At that point in my life, I was so obsessed with YouTube. I was like, I am like, e- I'm either going to make it on YouTube or die trying. Like, mm. there's no in between. Yeah. That's it. That's the only option. I'm burning down every other bridge. YouTube's what I want to do. Um, you got some investors, like stock and brokers that are shaking their fist at you right now. <laughs> all in one boat when you're diversifying your assets? Oh, Nerd. man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, um, yeah, so he was like, I mean, it's not going to amount to anything, blah, blah, blah. He stormed off. And I was yeah. just like, in that moment, I was like, to hear that from him, I was like, yo, this is kind of crushing. Like, mm. I I don't know what to do. Like, at this point, like, I was already going through my own doubts whether this would work or not. And, like, that on top of it was just, like, kind of one of those, like, breaking points for me. And, yeah, uh, you know... I did sob like a little bitch, but you know, um, I, I then just went into like this, this anime character arc. I was like, you know what, you know what? (laughs) Yeah. Your job is to tell me I can't do something. My job is to freaking prove you wrong, dude. Like, (laughs) that's like, (laughs) yeah, I, I mentioned that in that video as well that I, that I was talking about. Um, yeah. So that's, that's interesting how we both had that, that sort of. 
turning point character arc. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, we're, we both probably, like, we probably deserve it. We're both kind of stupid. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, putting all of our eggs into a relatively small basket and hoping that it, you know, they, they hatch. I'm definitely not encouraging other people do this. This is a very risky thing that we're both doing. But, you know, from my perspective, and this might sound kind of dark, and I don't mean it to sound very morbid or anything, but, like, life just isn't worth living if I'm not doing what I like. And maybe that's, like, a a privileged thing to say because uh, a lot of people are in way worse positions and would kill for just, like, a nine-to-five. You're white, you loser. You're white. Yeah. um, (laughs) You're white. (laughs) 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 Loser. (laughs) That's exactly what 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 he's saying. What a loser. Yeah. Um, No, no, like, so many people would kill for, like, just a a regular nine-to-five job, and here I am saying, oh, nine-to-five is lame. I want to do YouTube. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think that's, that's a, that's a good way of, of pitching that. It's like, yeah, might not be the best for everyone, you know, especially when it comes to, uh, balancing what you need with what you want. But like it, if you're, if you're not doing like actively pursuing some goal of, of, oh, I, I want, like, I'll be happy when I'm doing this, uh, for a living mm-hmm. or like, if you're not actively pursuing doing something you love all the time then it, it it seems like there's not a lot left to keep on going for yeah totally i mean so i agree there's just i there's really no other option for me like i mean i i've pretty much like failed my way through high school um like any good grade i did get was because i cheated um so like i, I was really all in i never went to parties i never really hung out with friends too often i sacrificed like everything like I I felt very weird I felt very lonely but like I was just grinding on YouTube and that fulfilled me so much knowing that like this thing that I'm so passionate about can be um a career for me and I just chased that without looking back and I don't regret it I mean I'm still doing that to this day so um yeah we'll see if it pays off which you know I definitely believe it will ideally Uh, there's well so that's actually that ties into something because I'm like well, you want to you want to be able to do this for as long as possible because it's it's something that like obviously brings you fulfillment and joy there. Um, yeah. But you can't do it if you don't have a place to live and food to eat. Yeah. Yeah. That's um. True. And so I guess like. So yeah. There, there's a huge know. passion element to it, but I'm also wondering like, at, at at what point do you need to? How do you get people invested in that? Yeah, that's another thing. Um, that's a good point, actually, because a lot of people, I mean, you see you see it with these like motivational gurus, like saying, you need to like quit your nine to five job and follow your dreams. Okay, but what if you have kids, you're living paycheck to paycheck, and you can't really do that? Like, you need to have a realistic view of the world. And that doesn't mean like, give up on your dreams and never pursue them. It means be smart about it. Like, take a calculated risk, like understand what you're doing, have like an actual idea of how the world works because you know it's not an anime at the end of the day like you know there's no guaranteed no one is guaranteed success it's something you have to be smart about um well except for me but yeah yeah of course you're the main character after all so (laughs) well yeah i mean like i don't i don't everyone else isn't real unless i'm talking to them so it's yeah i mean like i i kind of have to win in some way so speak for yourself bud uh yeah and i I guess that's kind of something that i think about with uh 
in regards to like advice people give on YouTube sometimes, like just terrible advice when it comes to making content. Like, oh, if if you make something that you're passionate about, people are always going to like people are bound to check it out eventually. Like people are are bound to be like invested in that at some yeah. point. You just got to keep on working at it. It's like well, yeah, I guess like in some respect there is a astronomically small chance that there's a possibility at least that if you put something out you're really passionate about but has no marketability that someone will find it and someone will like it. Like sure. Yeah. But at some point I feel like there needs to be a degree of like okay, I'm passionate about this thing but in order to continue to keep on doing this thing I'm passionate about, I need to balance it out with something I know people will like. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm kind of curious how you've, you've been executing that in regards to content creation and if you have uh, like future plans for executing that differently. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, again, with having like an, ac like an accurate understanding of how the world works, like even though... Um, your art may be really good if you don't know how to package it properly or if you don't understand how uh, the algorithms work. And like, obviously, to an extent, you don't want to like, you know, sacrifice your art just for the algorithm and pump out things that you know will do well. But like, mm. you know, it, it ruins your your artistic integrity. Um, but you, you want to understand how to like package it properly and um, figure out how to actually make it a viable like living. You can't just put out good stuff and hope it does well. You have to like really think about it and understand and figure out like in our case, like how, how do we get views? How do we get eyeballs? Because like, what's the point of making art if nobody sees it? And as much as I want to say like, oh, I make art for myself. I, I got to eat, man. Like I have yeah. to, you know, pay rent, cover my basic necessities. Um, well, cause then you're, yeah, if you don't do that, then you're not able to keep on doing the thing you want to do. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, but like, so yeah, I was I was thinking about it, is like well, okay I I like making like story time stuff uh, but sometimes I want to do something like that's bigger scale and has like some some more ambition and passion put into it because yeah. I think the most passion that I get out of uh, story time videos uh, has been the jokes that I can write for it and the art that I can put in afterward like the finished product uh, but sometimes in between there like getting getting to the finished product can be kind of like boring and drab so like. My rule of thumb, at least recently, has been, okay, I made, I'm going to make two videos that I know have a chance of doing, like, well, but only to fund the next couple of videos yeah. that I know probably won't, but I'm going to enjoy making significantly more. Yeah. And obviously, I'd rather be making those next couple of videos all the time, but, like, I, if no one... I know that not as many people are going to be interested in this thing because it's something that is more derived from a personal passion than a broad appeal kind of angle. Um, and so mm. that's kind of been the way I've been I've been looking at it. I don't know if yeah. you're if you have some kind of idea that's similar because I, I don't want to give advice on how p other people should handle it. I'm just more curious about what your outlook is on it. I heard this like quote. Um put out one video for your audience or for the algorithm that you know will do well and then put out one video for yourself. So, you know, um, even though the one for yourself might not do well, you still have like the other one that could fund your your videos that you're actually passionate about. That doesn't mean like, you know, sell out and just like make a bad video that you know will do well. Um, mm. Still make them good. But yeah, that's, that's a good tactic. And I, I want to try something similar to that. Figuring out how... To, to package your videos properly because it, it's pretty difficult. And that's something I've really been struggling with over the past few years. And that's why 
I don't think I'm getting the results I want because I know my videos are really good. Like, I mean, you know, not to like, you know, flex too hard, but you know, all the comments are generally really positive. So clearly I know there is a market for it. Um, people do like my videos. Um, I just need to get more eyeballs onto my videos um, and figure out how to get more views without, you know, losing the integrity of my work. So yeah. I'm still but, trying to figure it out. Um, but yeah. Has your stuff been mainly passion oriented more than clickability oriented? Because your story times popped off, dude. Yeah, some of them. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, for the past few years, I think my mentality was I need to just work as hard as I can. But I wasn't really thinking about what the point of working hard is. The point of working hard is to get your desired like result, get your desired like outcome or get closer mm. to it. Um, it's not just working for the sake of working. Uh, and I feel like that's kind of what I, I was doing. Like I was making really good like videos, putting so much effort into them. And I still want to put a lot of effort into my videos and make them good. But I was putting so much effort into the wrong places a mm. lot of the times and like like working too hard on making something that like nobody cares about or notices like little details that no one would ever notice. And I don't know, I, I thought that by doing that, people would respect me more because I'm not trying to be a clickbaity, overly sensational YouTuber. Yeah. Uh, turns out no one cl clicks on, on your videos and, you know, no one cares. <laughs> so No one thinks that deeply about a YouTube video that no they see. No one cares. Yeah. yeah. Dude, okay, oh, okay, oh, I, this is unrelated. We don't even have this written down as a topic. But, like, can we talk about how when you publish, like, when you're working on a video, you just, at least for me, I've always assumed that people... Like that it's going to be the focus of someone's day once I release it. When yeah. in reality, dude, <laughs> yeah. literally yeah. everyone else wakes up, they take a fat shit, they eat breakfast, <laughs> go to school or work or college or whatever, come home and are just trying to like make it by. So when yeah. I release a video and I'm like, yo, my integrity is first on this thing. There's all these little <laughs> tiny details that only I would notice. No one cares. No, no one, cares. one cares. Like, yeah. I realize this about art style stuff too. There's been YouTubers in the past that have put like hours and hours and, and weeks and months into their stuff and, and found pretty good success. And I liked them, but then they pivoted their content to a direction where they're making stuff they're passionate about and putting significantly less time into it. And they're finding more success with that content. James mm. Lee is an example of that, that I, I can think of is that yeah. like, I, I can't speak with how creatively fulfilled he is. Um, he, it seems like he, he is relatively because he's, he's making a lot of videos, uh, especially yeah. recently, but like 10 years ago, he was making animations that you could tell took like so up to like half oh, yeah. a year with some of them. Yeah. Like that tar boy took like a, a very long time for what I know. And his short, like less effort videos are getting like just as much, if not more views than those like old, like insanely high effort videos. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it doesn't invalidate the old ones, but it's just like, it's really inspiring to see that like, oh. We can like just take our foot off the pedal a little bit, still make, still work hard on something and put something like put work and passion into something. But like there's, there's still well, an opportunity to have it pay out. You don't have to like work hard to make a good video necessarily. I mean, like uh, obviously the videos we both make definitely take a lot of fucking work. I mean, yeah, but a lot of other people's videos take a, a just as much work, I'd argue. But yeah, like it's yeah, it's, definitely. It definitely takes a lot um, of work. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, definitely. But like we've definitely figured out ways over the course of these few years to upload more and like still work hard, but like figure out ways to 
put less effort or put effort in the right places um, to still make really good videos that aren't as like time consuming or like demanding. Uh, because like, I mean, when you think about it, like spending 10 hours a day for like up to six months for one four minute video, that's like people are going to watch it once and then move on. Like no one's going to well, care it, about that. There's that, but it's also it's so self-absorbed. Like if I'm spending four, like when I feel when I spend that much time on a video, I, I feel like it's like a it's like a pride thing where like if I don't make yeah. this the most perfect video to myself ever, then everyone's gonna then people are gonna think a certain way about me. Like they're gonna think less of me instead yeah. of being like smart about it and just prioritizing the right things. And like even after putting in that much time and effort into something. It doesn't mean you're going to learn new things or become more refined at your craft just because you put more time into it. it, it yeah. It's almost like a meaningless waste of time when you're not thinking about it. It was something I prided myself on. Like, yeah, I worked so hard on this video. I spent 12 hours a day for months on end making yeah. one video that no one cares about or like rewatches ever. It's just like one video with like like 5K views or something like, yeah. you know, like. I was so egotistical about that. That's my magnum opus and everyone else isn't like really caring that much. And you're like, oh, well, this sucks. And then you do it all over again. Like what? Why? Why? And I think you I think you also like improve less. I think you plateau more because spending months on one video that has one style, like there's no experimentation. You have to stick with one style and continue with that as opposed to trying new things with different videos. The more videos you have, the better chances you have at like A, making better content and B, more chances for a video to be a hit. 100%. 100, dude. Ugh. Live on the podcast, rethinking our entire content strategy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Just rethinking our entire being. Just awesome. Really love that. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, that, dude, the plateau thing's real because you're sitting there like... When, you ever like have one of those days you're working on a video and you're like, you're like, you, you kind of like snap out of it and it starts becoming like a chore instead of like something you're engaged with. I, I feel like that's, that's when you stop, you stop learning anything. Yeah. Like I feel like that's when you just stop trying. You just go start. autopilot. Yeah. And you're like, well, I'll just put in the man hours. I'll come up with an idea for the video every other like week or every week, maybe. Like yeah. one new idea for the video in terms of like a set piece or an animated sequence a week, like a mm -hmm. week, maybe three times a week. Right. But that's still only three things happening, like three new things happening. And then like and then your brain goes on autopilot for the rest of the time. You'll have like an hour of like, oh, I thought of this really cool idea. I'm going to implement it and then goes right back to manual labor. There's no like engagement happening at all. Mm, outside of that's those, a good point. outside of those creative moments, I'd argue, right? Because like I don't know, there's been moments where I'm like working on a video and I'm and I'm like, what, what am I? I'm like lining and coloring. Like really, do I think I'm learning anything from lining and coloring the same couple of yeah. poses over and over and over again? Um, or like, I don't know, something along those lines. Do I really? Yeah, feel like lip syncing something like. Yeah, so... like, I'm not learning anything. Um, and and so like. Those moments kind of are, are less fun than moments where you're looking at a YouTube tutorial on how to execute like a new kind of 3D rig for a model, like implementing yeah. wiggly bones, like procedurally generate uh, animation instead of having to do it manually or a new software that's able to 
automatically lip sync or automatically line or color things or color grade a shot. Like those moments are going to be infinitely more useful and helpful than a moment where you're putting five hours into lining, coloring a 10 second sequence. Yeah. I mean, well, that's the thing. I mean, I think, I mean, just because it's like our dream job, like doesn't mean that it doesn't, or it doesn't mean that it's always easy. Like it definitely requires like a lot of like self-discipline and like conscious attention and like forcing yourself to to work even though you don't always want to or you're not in an exciting part i think that's just the nature of it that's i don't i don't know it's something that i just i think you just have to like grind through i don't know i i think it's applicable sometimes but yeah i mean if it's like every day that's that's something different um i don't know what's your what's your experience well so i'm 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 just thinking like if if you're grinding every single day then you're not doing what you love. Like that's grinding. That's not doing what you love. I feel like grinding is working through the unpleasant parts so you can get to the good parts. But if the unpleasant parts are unweighing, like outweighing the good parts, I wouldn't say you're really enjoying it that much. Yeah. Well, do you think it's it's that's the case for you? Um, it has been. Yeah, hundred percent. So, uh, yeah. I mean, that happens in a lot of the story time videos because it's. Yeah. You're like, okay, I already know what all the audio sounds like. I already have a loose idea of what I want to happen in this scene. Like, what do you, what, what creative things are you possibly coming up with Ooh, after already having because, the entire thing outlet? Well, do you think it's because the videos are taking too long to make? I mean, like, back to like, uh, like making videos that take months to make. Do you think, um, because like you'll have a script, you'll have an idea, you'll record it, and you have to like listen to the audio like every day for like so long and like, I feel like if you make shorter videos, it, it can be a little bit more exciting. Yeah. No, but again, I, I it also depends so. on the video. Uh, yeah. So I, I think it's a mix of like, we're, like the video is being too long and you trying to pour too much into the video. Um, like mm. you ever like, so I've had moments where I'm in the shower, right? I'm sure you have too, or, or you're, you're taking a, a crap and you're like, wow, I just came up with perhaps the best idea that I have ever had in my entire life. Like, yeah. this is awesome. So you rush the computer, you write it down. You're really passionate about it for like three days to a week to two weeks or whatever. And you like start making it. And then you're like, oh, wait, uh, I don't know if I'm like, you're like a couple months into it. And you're like, oh, I don't actually know if this it is gets a good stale. idea at all. You, yeah. It gets stale. It gets, but it, like, it was the best idea ever like just a couple like days ago or a couple weeks ago. So what happened? And you lost your momentum. You lost like any, you lost that drive forward. So I, I definitely think there's an element of you have to do some manual labor, like obviously, obviously. And it's not always pleasant. That's why animation can be such a, a valuable job to a lot mm-hmm. of employers or a lot of uh, entertainment companies is that you're able to, you're able to exit, like you're able to execute like really cool stories and really interesting concepts but yeah, there's going to be some grease work involved. There's going to be some some uh, manual labor in there, uh, totally. some grinding. But I think just executing that in a sh- tighter time period and not yeah. pouring your entire soul into making sure that it's it's perfect are just two things that are are easy in theory uh, and can go a really long way. But they can be like really difficult to force yourself yeah. to do when you want to be perfect perfect you know make a perfect video you have to execute you got to maintain that momentum and like when you have an idea you have to like execute it and like get it done as quickly as you can i i think because like ironically enough with my self-discipline video or like how i got my life together that video yeah that one sucked 
I like I hated making that video. That's <laughs> and I that's probably one of my least favorite videos, honestly. I mean Really? It for some reason it has zero dislikes, so people some people did resonate with it with it. Yeah. So that's good. But like I just I don't like that video at all. Um so Dang. And, and this video I'm working on now, I love. Like I'm enjoying every step of every step of the way. So I want to get it done as quickly as I can before I lose that excitement. So yeah, I guess it just goes in phases uh, a lot of times and like lingering on an idea for too long, like it'll eventually get stale or like, or you'll forget what the idea of the video is entirely. Like, do you ever just like make a video, (laughs) (laughs) you do the audio, you do the script and it's like really good. It's a good idea, a good story. And then you start working on the visuals and like <laughs> compositing and little details, adding grain to the footage, finding yeah, the right music. Yeah. And then you just forget what the video is. You upload yeah. it and everyone's commenting stuff and you're like, oh, wait, that was a that was a story I told. You, you know, like, I forgot. You, like, like It gets so ingrained in your head. You don't even hear what you're saying anymore. You just hear the audio. Like you just hear wait, what school it, stories. Why are you commenting about school? So- oh, the video is about oh, school. Oh. It wasn't about that line stroke that looked pretty decent five or like two minutes into the video. We get so caught up in the details. Yeah. Like that's why I felt about the country music video I made. Because I'm like, wait, what? I, I finished it. And like, like, what's, like people started commenting like, oh, yeah, country is like so good. Country sucks. Whatever. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> Country movement. Wait, what? Why do I care? You're talking I, about my, the camera movement and yeah, scene like, four? Dude, it was like, I, I, oh, wow. Wow. I, I feel like I've been using those kind of videos as just an excuse to make something rather than a reason <laughs> to make something. Like, huh. I swear, dude, because it's like, it's like, okay, well, what's the easiest way to flex and learn a little bit of animation? I guess a story that happened or like some kind of thing like that. But it wasn't yeah. the reason why I did any of that. So when I finished the video and people are like commenting like, oh, yeah, country music, this country music, that, that. I'm like, yeah, but I don't, I don't really care. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I just scroll past that comment. I'll read the other comment that's like, oh, I like that shot you did this part. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, like it's, just, it's so stupid. It's so dumb. Well, I mean. I feel like, um, to an extent, like, is there anything wrong with making videos just for practice? No. Some of my videos I made just to, like, try out, like, a new style or something. And, like, I think that can be okay as long as, like, that's not every video. Yeah, no, so, 100%. I don't know. You should be able to use something that, like, even if you're momentarily passionate about it, it's a good excuse to get some practice in. Um, like yeah. Like, the, the New York video I made, I hate it. Worst video I've ever made in my life. Like, terrible. I'd rather watch 2017 five times people on discord like era than that video but it did teach me a lot about implementing 2d uh characters or 3d backgrounds and it was the the foundation video that got that all started uh, i think yeah. the video before it technically like the intro sequence of that was 3d but i think the new york video was the first video where i kind of tried to put my foot in the door with what i wanted to do visually with my videos i've noticed that's a pattern really with, with that with our worst videos or with my worst videos like my worst videos are usually the most like educational videos for me. I don't know, just like little things like why why this scene was like so good, why I hate this part. I yeah, I feel like your worst videos are are good learning experiences for you. Yeah, in a weird twisted way. It sucks, but it's so cool. Cuz it's like, yeah, I I didn't really I don't really like how the finished product came out, but I kind of owe that video a lot with where I am now in terms yeah, of what totally. I want to do, where I'm going and all that. Uh, I guess, yeah, my five types of people on Discord video, hate it, hate it. It's literally counting down five types of people on Discord <laughs> in 2017. Like, wow, that's really creative, Noah. 
but it taught me what people it taught people what they want to watch. It taught me what people want to watch usually and what, how to how to get people I don't know, in like relatable content, I guess. It taught me a little bit about that. Then I made my video with James and I was like, "Oh, wait. People like stories and they like people, they like uh big people in that space to be in other people's video." Okay, cool. I'll write that one down. That's good to know. It's one of my highest performing videos uh, and the five types of people Discord one, but I hate both of them. I don't think they're great videos anymore. Um, but yeah. they still taught a lot. And so I think you you hit the nail right on the head with that. I have a uh, a question, and this is like completely out of left field. It doesn't relate to what we were just talking about at all. Uh, but, four um, inches. What? <laughs> um, yeah, no. So we're you were talking about earlier how like your parents didn't allow you on the internet at all. And I, I've been thinking about social media a lot because uh, my next video is about social media. So I don't know. I've just been thinking about it a lot. A lot. And uh, I've gone through like a lot of interviews of people talking about um, their issues with social media and sort of hearing both sides of the argument because I don't want to like present like one side without the other. Like I want to have a good balance. Um, sure. And there's one podcast I was listening to. It was a Joe Rogan podcast. I can't remember. Really? Joe Rogan? Second time mentioning him on a podcast. <laughs> really? You're going to do that to me, dude. Yeah. So, wait, what, um, was, what, what did you hear? <laughs> What's that? We What's hate that? Joe Rogan, guys. Don't listen to Joe Rogan. I uh, hate him. No. Um, basically, he was talking about how uh, should you allow kids on social media? Because oh. you were talking about earlier how, you know, there's hackers, there's pedophiles, there's like bad influences, you know. Yeah. Those things are obviously horrible to be exposed to kids. But at the same time, we're entering a world or we're already we already have entered a world that is social media. Like, yeah, you have to kind of have social media at this point. It dominates like, all communication now. Yeah. It's like integral to society at this point. Sure. So not growing up with that, not like being exposed to that at a somewhat like early age around like, I don't know, I'd say like 12, 13 that sort of age, not like six or seven, like that's too young, but like around the age of like 12, 13, should kids have access to social media? Oh, oh, social media specifically? Yeah, or the internet in general. Okay, well, let's let's say I'm going to do two different things. Internet and social media. Let's separate those out a little bit. Okay. Um, because every single kid, whether you like it or not, is going to have access to the internet by the time they can type on a keyboard. Like every single kid in this era, it is unavoidable. And if you're not letting your kid at least understand and learn about the internet, Why? Like, that's, like, obviously supervised. Yeah, I think like, you're, you're holding you're, them back. It, you're their parent, but, like, why? Why? Yeah. Like, you I should supervise them. I think you're holding them back by doing that. Be over their shoulder and let them learn about it. Don't let them go onto, like, bad websites. Don't let them, like, yeah. I don't know, look up videos of people being beheaded. Like, show them <laughs> how to use Google Images to look up cool pictures of giraffes. Because they're going <laughs> to cool be doing that. They're going to be, yeah, cool math games. They're, they're going to be doing that for the rest of their life. And by introducing that, late, the later you introduce those concepts, the, the less they're going to be able to absorb those concepts and use them well. They, right. We're not going to go back to libraries and books. Stop pretending like we're going to be like, this is just a phase or whatever. Like, that's so, that's so ignorant. However, however, social media should be avoided yet educated on for a very long time in a child cycle. Uh, I'm mm. not a psychologist. I'm not going to pretend like I've ever read a psychology book or have attended a single class on psychology. The most psychologically equipped I am, the extent of my psychological equipment is being like manipulated, 
into doing my brother's chores so I could play video games growing up. Okay? That's like the yeah. most educated. I, I don't know anything about psychology. But uh, from from a personal experience and from seeing uh, the, the influence it's had on me growing up, uh, I, I don't think social media is something that is very vital to a kid's development until it has starts to have consequences until the lack of social media has consequences um so i think that like i don't know my nieces let's say that like it, it seems weird for uh let's just say like a 10 year old to be on twitter it doesn't make sense not only is it against their tos who cares about tos whatever but like it, it just seems odd. There doesn't seem like there's any productive reason for them to be on there. I think that they're probably exposed to, um, they're exposed to more harm than good. I think a lot of social media is more harm than good. We can have that conversation some other day. Um, but I, I don't know. I feel like at some point you gotta, you have to just educate your kid and let them take the rest from there. I don't think at ten. I don't think at eleven when social with social media. I don't think at twelve. But I think at it's some so point. It's so nuanced. I think at some point you have to. I'm not a parent either. I don't. I don't. I don't know how my kid would behave. Um, but like, at, at some point you have to. You have to like let them. You have to trust that your parenting was good enough to let them explore that kind of thing. It doesn't mean it, like immediately, like whatever. But uh, I'd see it doing a lot of harm to not at least educate your kids on how the internet actually works. Mm-hmm. Don't tell them that by watching a YouTube video, there's gonna be pedophiles. That's not helping them because then they're just not going to trust you. Yeah. Um, I think that just having a well, warn them of the risk, obviously, uh, like let them know, like it, it is a real place. Like there, there are definitely yeah, consequences. But be honest about the risk too. Yeah. Don't exaggerate yeah. it. You know, it's um, like the, the drug thing. It's like how people educate uh, kids on drugs. Right. Don't do drugs. All drugs are bad as you're sipping coffee. <laughs> you will. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Coffee. Coffee is, isn't a real drug though. Coffee isn't real. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like if you smoke one weed, you're, you can overdose and you're going to die. Don't smoke and so weed. Kids are like, oh, no. Then they smoke weed and they figure that's not true. And then they're yeah. like, oh, what else were they lying about? And then they and just that's even worse because then they'll fall into like drugs. even yeah. like, like actual like harmful drugs. And like, yeah. At least to the knowledge of, uh, at least to my knowledge, I don't know. Maybe maybe the statistics don't back that up, but like, yeah, it, who knows? it seems that that was always uh, how drug education was presented to me, and that's how internet education was presented to me. Well, I know that's how it was in public school, so yeah, yeah, okay. And and I I'm very thankful that I've had parents that have, um, that were cautious about both those things, but I'm also very thankful that they they raised me in a way where I can be uh, self, where I was self-sufficient um, in, in independently researching those things yeah. and learning personally. Um, this, yeah, I don't know. That, that's an interesting question, Karen. I don't know. Cause like, I, I'm not, I'm not qualified at all. To, <laughs> yeah, neither of us are. We're, we're a bunch on, of morons, that. but, but that's my, yeah. that's my opinion at least. I don't know. Just sum it up. Yeah. At some point you gotta show your kid what that's all about, but only through honest education and, with a, a positive mindset about it. Because I don't know where I stand. I think I lean on, I feel like it depends on the kid as far as social media goes. As the internet, like I think you should expose them to the internet at a reasonable age so they know what's going on in the world. Um, obviously that. But as far as social media goes, I think it it really depends on the kid. You have to know the kid, I, I think. Oh, where, where does that come in? Where does that come into play? I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not a parent. But, you know, some kids, I don't think they can handle social media at a certain age, um, sticking with 12 to 13, that age range. 
I think you have to know your kid. I know a lot of my friends, when they got access to social media, they commented like a bunch of like, they commented like kill yourself on people's like, like Instagram posts. I don't know. Some kids just don't really understand like the consequences of certain certain things. And like, that doesn't sound like an internet issue though. That just sounds like a, uh, how they were raised issue. Yeah. So it's a, it's definitely a nuanced thing. And I'm a moron that doesn't really know what I'm talking about. I'm not a parent. Well, okay. Well, so that, that actually brings me to something then, right? Like, I don't think either of us really have a firm answer on that question. I think it's definitely a valuable tool. Like internet is a very valuable tool and and it should be introduced as soon as it's useful to a kid with proper uh, supervision and proper education, like honest education. Um, But let's say that they're on the internet. Let's say that there's a lot of kids on the internet. Let's say there's a lot of adults on the internet and they all look up to like a specific person there, like a specific person or people on social media. Uh, that's a lot of influence. Some people use mm. that for good. Some people use that for bad. Some people use that just to inter- like for entertainment. Like some people will just, hey, make a YouTube video, watch it if you want to. I'm gonna go log off and work on another one. Like have fun with that video. That's the end of our relationship. Like Dude, that's, I look that's up the J Station. <laughs> yeah, everyone. Yeah, I, I like uh, I like J Station. I like uh, Craniacs. I love all those YouTube channels. Yeah. Um. That there's also other people that are like leaning into the fact that a lot of people look up to them. They're like, ah, a lot of these people are manipulatable kids. A lot of them are uh, blinded by how much they like adore me. Uh, hey guys, I love you. <laughs> I love what you're doing here, and they, they, you know, I love your support. Thank you so much. Like it's just this weird parasocial. Yeah, thing. it's like that. Um, yeah, parasocial. But either way, it's a lot of influence. So and this is a question I've I brought up to a couple people uh, in private, but I haven't. I'd love to talk about it with you on here um, mm-hmm. as a creator and as some of there's a lot of people that look up to or at least like a tweet or a YouTube video can reach a decent amount of people with the uh, current support that we have. Let's say something bad were to happen. Let's say something bad in the world were to happen. Are we like I've seen this argument on Twitter all the time. Are we obligated to use our influence on people to like to influence people in a certain direction yeah to be a role model yeah like i i've I've really like thought about this a lot because like on one hand it's like well it would be ignorant to not use your platform for at least one positive thing but like at the same time i that doesn't ignorant doesn't equate to an obligation you know like it doesn't seem like you have to that's interesting that's a really interesting conversation because i think with the advent of cancel culture, I think a lot of people are starting to realize that their favorite YouTuber, their favorite movie star are actually just as flawed as you and I. Like, they do dumb things too. They have said dumb, edgy jokes in the past. Um, They say things they don't mean. We're flawed people. And I think people are finally starting to, to realize that. So I don't think influencers are necessarily obligated to put out like a positive message or anything. I think, you know, as long as they have value, which if they have an audience they're I mean, they're getting some sort of value, whether it be entertainment or, uh, or they're a role model, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, so I don't think you necessarily have to put out like a good message. You can just, you know, dick around and be entertaining. You don't have to necessarily be like, guys, we need to make the world a better place. Uh, but if you do do that, that's cool. And I respect that, but I don't think there's any obligation. Sure. There. I mean, there seems to be some positive. There's some like at least positive motivation there. Um, yeah, dude. Okay. 
So that that's an interesting way of coming at it because I I'd say I come at it for a pretty similar point of view. Um, I guess it just like for me it it just depends on where you're coming from by being a a public figure. Whether or not you you want to use your platform for that or not, you're not obligated to do that. I feel like your exchange as a public figure, unless the value you bring to your followers is that positive or negative message, like. Uh, oh, guys, by the way, racism is bad, you know, like unless unless that is the sole value you bring to everyone guys, else. Guys, here's a controversial take. I think racism yeah. might be kind of lame. I, I I'm mean, not, I, I'm not going to say we, we always messed up there, but it seems like there's been some mistakes in the past. Guys, this racism thing is kind of whack. It was not I mean, that it was not that cool. It was not that good. And I just want to make sure that everyone knows that uh, we messed up a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think so. Charmin Ultra Soft for your take on racism. <laughs> Everyone yeah, needed that. Appreciate that, dude. You're really, you're really being like a crusader. You're really like uh, stepping out there and being a morally good person for agreeing with the cons- like the general consensus. <laughs> yeah, racism sucks. That's crazy. How brave of you. That's that's nuts. Um, yeah, and that can be applied to everything. It's like if you're <laughs> you're using your platform to. Uh, to put out messages that are yeah, don't be disingenuous, you know. Like, if you say racism bad, yeah, racism bad. Everyone know that, dude. Like, you're not being brave at all. I don't think p- posting like a a graphic to your Instagram story about like why racism is bad is gonna make a racist person go, oh, I guess it is bad. I need to rethink this whole ideology I have. <laughs> you that know, goes with like any any kind of thing too. Like, it's any kind of yeah. opinion like that. It's like it feels fake. There's a difference between spreading awareness about actual instances of that happening, like real instances yeah. and being like a morally like just trying to morally grandstand everyone around you because there's really there is a lot of utility to spreading awareness about certain issues. But like, yeah, people can sniff out bullshit, dude. Like you're not being a knight on shining hour. Uh, so, yeah, like that that's kind of been my viewpoint. Like, dude, my exchange when I put out content and you consume it and you laugh at it, our exchange is done. Like we're set. Just boom, that's it. I put out thing, you consume thing. Done. You give me money, I give you what I promised back. That's it. I I hate this idea that like something bad's happening in the world and you're being a bad person by not by not echoing that thing. By not using your platform to like echo this same thought everyone else is saying. Because if you genuinely believe that, if you genuinely believe that it's a creator's responsibility to be echoing these things that are happening in the world, like every single bad thing or every single good thing that's happening in the world, then where does the line end? There's there's some there's some bad thing happening to person A. Wait, but you didn't tweet out about person B? Are you kidding me? You idiot. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll tweet out about person B. Yeah, but there's like person C over there that's practically dying on the street. You didn't tweet out about that. Okay, fine. I'll tweet out about person C. Like, whatever. Yeah, but what about yeah. the, the kids in Syria? Like, no, I don't I don't know. And I can't keep up with all that. No one can keep up with all that. And, and just to be clear, just to be clear. I, I don't I don't think like it's bad to necessarily like tweet like or or to like put out like a good message or like because a lot of people have good intentions they want like better yeah, for the world so totally. they they put out like a, a positive message there's nothing wrong with that just like be genuine about it don't like put out bullshit or don't force other people to to tweet about the same exact thing like I feel like it's virtue signaling look at me I'm being so aware right now look at all these issues that I'm solving. That's you're not doing it for any other reason than for that validation and for like just being better than someone else. That's not actually helping. 
You're you're being a miserable person. <laughs> like, I I I'm not to put it any better because that's it's there's so much utility to sharing stuff like that, but it's so disingenuous and terrible if you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Uh, and so yeah. to go on go on Twitter and at these creators like, oh, why did why haven't you mentioned this movement yet? Why haven't you talked about this person that's dying yet? And act like you're this upright person for like following the most popular opinion right then and there. If you're going into it with the intentions of like exposing a creator for not tweeting out a message about a specific thing, then there's you're taking away all and any kind of genuineness that could have come out yeah. of that person. It's mind numbing to just assume that, well, because you have a platform, you have to you have to bring attention to every single issue because you can't. And where does the line get drawn? Assuming that it's everyone's every person's uh, obligation that has a platform to share every little thing that happens is just stupid. I think it, it doesn't make any sense because there's no clear boundary set up for it. It's uh, it's it's virtue signaling, it's grandstanding, whatever word you want to use. Like it's just yeah, and it's not everyone's place to like speak out about like social issues. Again, if you want to talk about social issues, that's great. I applaud you. That's amazing. I will probably do my fair share of it, but not with every single thing going on in the world all the time. It's not always my place to like say something, or maybe I'm not informed enough to say something. Like, don't pressure me to like put out like a, a statement about what's going on in the world, world issues or social issues that I don't know enough about. I I don't want to say the same thing everyone else is saying because it's just not genuine. Just because they're saying it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because a lot of these are are really good things. Like a lot of them are really good things. But that's just not why I'm here. That's not why I'm on this this website it's not why i'm on twitter it's not why I'm yeah on some people just want to provide a laugh at the end of someone's day they don't not everyone wants to come home and then put on like their favorite youtuber and like expect some laughs but instead they're talking about like guys this is why racism is bad like okay i'm i'm trying to unwind here i just can't i just had a long day like yeah that's uh, that argument is so frustrating it's like well you have a large platform you should be obligated to do this no that's not why i'm that's not why i'm here yeah. I mean, if something is impacting you enough and like you genuinely feel like you can put out value making a statement about something, then go for it. Like I encourage that. But yeah. don't like do it just to virtue signal or to like, I don't know, your your fans think that you owe them a statement or something like. Yeah. No, be be super intentional with that kind of thing, because if you if you don't, you're just going to get swept away with whatever the, the most popular thing is at the moment. Yeah. Hopefully we articulated that well enough. Like we're not attacking anyone or anything like that so i mean yeah no i hope i'm, just, I'm attacking the people that are we're attacking everyone actually we're attacking everyone i hope that if you everyone. use twitter you feel hurt right now uh <laughs> yeah. no yeah because obviously very very good cause a lot of this I, I think it's just frustrating when when people jump on this uh this bandwagon of hate towards someone just because they didn't do exactly what they wanted uh, and that's what i'm trying to defend there i'm not i'm not trying to um i think i think that it's you can have a very positive impact using social media and talking totally. about this kind of thing Totally. Um, so yeah, I hope none of that was misconstrued. You could. I hope someone takes this out of context and posts it on, <laughs> on Twitter and is like, "Okay, I, you know, I, I wanted to support these guys, but they are pretty. They're problematic, and I, I <laughs> they're problematic." This clip. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so don't don't listen through that. Uh, what a, what an uplifting what an uplifting podcast so far. Uh, you know, parents <laughs> telling us they're not proud of us and wants to quit YouTube. Um, basically saying yeah. <laughs> that we're pro racism, like we write, we like racists. Our official statement is that racism is awesome. We really like starving children in third world countries. <laughs> that's, that's the that's the title of this new of the second the first episode.
is racism is awesome. Oh man, we're never going to get a sponsor now. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. We were just talking before we started this podcast so we want to like <laughs> make this a more uplifting uh, episode yeah. and then here we are okay. talking well, about well, virtue signaling and racism. To end oh, this man. podcast off, I'm going to tell a good joke. How about that? Ready? Yeah. One second, I'm Googling uh, a good joke. Okay. Yeah. Um, wow. What do you got? Did you hear about did you did you hear about the really funny uh did you hear uh the really funny fat guy no i didn't hear about the really funny fat guy he couldn't stop wailing in laughter because he's like uh <laughs> thanks for watching episode one of the podcast i thought you were talking about this a fat guy been, not a whale this has been Where'd noah crudson and this is my co-host that was cameron terrible, clayton this I'm is confused. a group podcast that together any sense. we love bringing compelling the whale content come from? to your ears you, on spotify you said a fat guy not YouTube, a whale where'd the Apple whale come from podcast, this makes no google sense google podcasts everywhere in between we're on everywhere that anchor a, distributes to. i don't get it uh cameron do you have any final words for the audience we'd love to say yeah guys uh thanks for watching this episode i really uh, thank you so much i love you i love all of you uh and guys make sure you tweet out racism is bad and we hate joe rogan <laughs>